Welcome. What is up? I am Mike Schneid at MikeDropSports.com. Here to close out 2018 with one final Mike Drop Sports podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at MSSchneid, M-S-S-C-H-N-E-I-D, or on Instagram at MikeDropSports. It's been a great second half of the year, a great start to MikeDropSports.com. Super excited about what we have going on heading into 2019. Make sure you check out all the latest content on the site through the end of the year. A lot of college football bowl previews is a collaborative effort with FullPressCoverage.com, a series of what-to-know bowl articles, top five worst five cities of the year when it comes to sports, and you know there's a lot of other great NBA college basketball content as we close out the year. So as we close out the year, let's kind of look back and reflect on the NFL on the 2018 season. It's been a wild season. So before the year, I went through every single NFL game. I went through the whole schedule, and I picked winners and losers for each game, and I came up with my projections, with my projected records. And I published that back in August. So I kind of want to go back. I was looking at it last night, and some of it was hilarious. I kind of want to go back, look at it, reflect on you know where we went right, where we went wrong, and just kind of talk about the season as a whole. Figure that would be a good way to close out 2018. And before I kind of jump into it, so I posted this to Instagram back in August, and there's three. I got I only got three comments on it, but those three comments really, really stood out to me. So I had the Cowboys, and I'll start to spoil some of this as we go. I had the Cowboys at nine and seven, finishing two games back of the Eagles at eleven and five in the NFC East. One comment said, "Too much faith in the Cowboys as expected." Cowboys are currently sitting at. Nine and six, they're already the NFC East division champs, and they have a chance to actually exceed my prediction. So, not as much faith as expected, actually. The Jets, I had the Jets at four and twelve, and I I thought they would be worse. I, I was generous in giving them four wins. A Jets writer or a Jets blog comments, LMAO, okay. Jets are sitting at 4-11 with a good chance to win their final game and get to exactly 4-12 as I expected. And one last one, Panthers at 7-9, at least 12 wins for Cameron Company. It's their best offense yet. I wasn't convinced on the Panthers. I wasn't convinced that this was their best offense yet because I wasn't a, a huge fan of the weapons that they had. I, I like Cam Newton. It's hard to get a guy to progress and evolve this late in his career. I'm not sold that Devin Funches is an elite number one receiver or that DJ Moore was the missing piece for them. So, yeah, I picked them to go 7-9, and nine and you know, lo and behold, they're actually 6-9 and nine with a good chance to go 6-10 and 10 with Taylor Heineke starting against the Saints in Week 17. So, kind of wanted to start with those because those made me chuckle a little bit. So, not all these predictions were spot on, of course. We'll start in the AFC East. One prediction that was spot on. I picked the Patriots to win the AFC East. How about that? You know, I should get some credit for getting that one right. Tenth straight year that the Patriots win the AFC East. One thing I got wrong is I had them at 12-4, and and I actually thought that they would have more wins themselves than the rest of the division combined. Of course, the Dolphins have actually been somewhat impressive. They're 7-8. and Bills and Jets. Bills have five wins. Jets with four wins. None of that is a surprise. Um, but, you know, the Patriots, I had the Patriots at 12-4. And, and when 
when you looked at their schedule before the year, I just I didn't see a whole lot of I didn't see who was really going to be a threat to them. I didn't think they'd be that good this year, but I didn't really see who was going to beat them just based on the way that they've played. I didn't expect Brady to look this mortal. I didn't expect Rob Gronkowski to become a shell of himself and for the defense to play as poorly as they have at times. So, Patriots at 10-5. and They're, They might still finish one game behind my projection if they win next week, and it's a game that they need in for positioning in the AFC. But it's just funny to me that this might have been one of the most underwhelming Patriots regular seasons during this era, during this run, and yet they're still about to finish 11-5. So kudos to the Patriots for continuing to reach everyone's expectations, even though at 1-2 and two after losses to the Jaguars and the Lions, people wanted to say, oh my God, they're done. Why do we keep doing this every year? They are never going to be done. In the AFC South, well, I got a couple of things right here. So I had the Texans at 10-6, and six, and they're 10-5 and five right now with a chance to win the division with a win next week. Titans right now are 9-6. and six. They play the Colts on Sunday Night Football in a really exciting game. The winner claims the wild card spot. The winner will be 10-6 and six and get the wild card. I actually had the Titans at 10-6 and six and the Colts at 6-10. and 10. More on the Colts in one second, and I had the Jaguars winning this division at 11-5. I didn't think last year was a fluke. I thought last year was, and I didn't think that was the Jaguars' peak getting to the AFC title game. I thought that they had some staying power. I thought Leonard Fournette was a dominant running back. I thought the way that the defense had played, that they would continue to progress in steps forward, not backwards like they have this year. And I thought they had the right coaching staff in place, and I was mistaken. I had them at 11 and five, and they're they're five and ten. They play the Texans week 17, so I'll probably finish with the opposite of five and 11. Colts I had at six and ten, so the Colts I thought the Colts would be better than they were last year. I thought they would be a little bit more competitive. They were four and 12 last year. Of course, they didn't have Andrew Luck. I thought they were still a year away because when you look at this team on paper. You compare them to some of the other teams in their division and in the AFC, they just don't come across as being as talented as those teams. So for them to be in this position, one win away from the playoffs is truly an amazing accomplishment. And I've said this before, and I'll, I'll say it now, Frank Reich is my pick for NFL Coach of the Year this year. All due respect to Anthony Lynn and the Chargers. Anthony Lynn is in his second year with a team filled with seven pro bowlers, all of whom that the Chargers have drafted and developed. A 36-year-old, multiple-time pro bowl quarterback, Phillip Rivers. They have the talent in place. They've just never been able to put it together. So kudos to Anthony Lynn for putting it together. Kudos to Matt Laggy, Matt Nagy for doing an unbelievable job in Chicago. Nobody, People thought that they could sneak into the playoffs. I don't think anybody thought they would be 11-4, and four, possibly 12-4. and four. Matt Nagy would be my number two option. He's done an unbelievable job with Mitchell Trubisky. But again, the defense was already kind of in the top half of the NFL. The defense was pretty good last year. Getting Khalil Mack really elevated them. And he's done a good job with the offense. But to me, Anthony Reich, when you look at the Colts roster, when you look at what he's done to kind of recreate, rebuild that offensive line and find ways to protect Andrew Luck, Andrew Luck has been unbelievable this season. Looking at his stats, he's second in the league in completions, 
He's sixth in total yards. He's got over 4,000 yards. When it comes to touchdowns, Luck is second behind Patrick Mahomes at 36, and he's thrown 14 interceptions, which is something that Luck has always struggled with. But, you know, just the way that he has played, and he's done this, and he's second in the league in touchdowns, and you look at Patrick Mahomes' weapons, and you compare them to what the Colts have, Colts don't have half the weapons that the Chiefs have. They have T.Y. Hilton, who has missed time and has been banged up this year, but they're using guys like Chester Rogers, Dontrell Inman, Mo Ali Cox, who played basketball at VCU. They're, they're just pulling these guys out of nowhere and having success. How about Eric Ebron? Eric Ebron, four years in Detroit, had 11 touchdown catches. He's got 12 this year with the Colts. Marlon Mack looks like a competent NFL running back. He's had a really good season. And the defense has played much better than expected. So, Frank Reich, my pick for NFL Coach of the Year, even if the Colts lose on Sunday to the Titans and they miss out on the playoffs. But, of course, the Jaguars here, biggest disappointment in the AFC South by far. In the North, so this is still to be determined, but I had the Steelers winning. I had the Ravens and the Bengals tied at 7-9 and nine and the Browns finishing 3-13. and 13. So, we'll start with the Steelers, 11-5. and five. Of course, that record back in August included Le'Veon Bell. Even without Le'Veon Bell, I still would have had them win in the division. Maybe I would have dropped one one game or so and had them at 10-6, and six, but not hiding from the fact that I thought they would be very good offensively. I thought their defense would be more improved. And now they're in a position where not only – they need to beat the Bengals. They will, but they need the Browns to beat the Ravens to make the playoffs. And that's just a wild scenario to think about. And the crazy thing to think about with the Ravens, who obviously I got them wrong. I didn't think, you know, I didn't expect Lamar Jackson to really play this year. I don't know that that would have impacted my projection, but I didn't think the defense would be as good. I didn't think the running game would dominate the way that they have. Now they have Gus Edwards instead of Alex Collins, so they're just plugging anybody in. The offensive line has been great, and the defense has been great. But but looking at Week 17, this is the same thing we had last year. Of course, the Steelers won the division last year, but the Ravens, all they had to do was win and get in, and they would have been the sixth seed in the wild card. They lost a home game to the Bengals, so now they get the Browns. And boy, I missed on the Browns, and I'm not upset about it. So the Browns, I had 3-13, and 13, which you know to me was a three-game improvement. Maybe if they didn't have Hugh Jackson, I would have said 4-12. and 12. I just, to me, the Browns, the whole thing with the Browns was, yes, I knew that they were going to be improved. They had a lot more talent this year than they have in recent years. I just had no confidence in the coaching staff. And, you know, that's clearly validated. They were 2-5-1 and one with Hugh Jackson. They've gone 5-2 and two under interim Greg Williams. And I don't know if Greg Williams is going to get this job full-time. I think he definitely deserves a legitimate interview and a legitimate shot. I mean, they've played really well. Baker Mayfield is unbelievable. I love Baker Mayfield. I don't care what Colin Cowherd says. I don't care what any of the critics say about Baker Mayfield and his attitude. If you want to be a successful quarterback in the NFL, you have to have a little bit of swagger and a little bit of attitude. And so far, he's shown a healthy amount of it. He, you know, I think he went over the top a little bit in college, and sometimes he was a little bit too obnoxious. You know, the planting the flag at Ohio State, the crotch grab against Kansas, sometimes he was a little bit over the top, but him running down the field staring down Hugh Jackson, I mean, Hugh Jackson didn't think this guy was good enough to start this year. So what do you expect Baker Mayfield to say? Obviously, he's exceeded all expectations, and obviously he is good enough to start this year. I mean, do you want him to stand there after that first game and shake the hand of a man who 
you know, didn't trust him. A man who bashed the franchise in the city after he got fired, Hugh Jackson did. So Baker Mayfield is the king that Cleveland needed after LeBron left. He has been unbelievable for them. They have a chance to finish with a winning record. This is going to be like their Super Bowl on Sunday. I mean, they're going to give everything that they have to the Ravens. And the thing with the Ravens, to me, I think the Ravens are good enough to get to the Super Bowl, the way that their defense is playing. But I also think that the Browns are good enough to beat them on Sunday and knock them out of the playoffs. So it's crazy to think that we don't really know what's going to happen with this Ravens team. If they get in, they would be the four seed. So they'll host the Chargers, the team that they just beat in L.A. They'll get them at home. So a lot can happen with the Ravens coming up. And then lastly, the AFC West. Kind of got this... <laughs> Kind of got this one right. Chargers 11 and five, Chiefs at 10 and six, Raider Broncos at seven and nine, and the Raiders at six and ten. So I'll start from the bottom up. Raiders at six and ten. Of course, right now they sit at three and eleven. I didn't think they'd be this bad. I thought they would take a huge step back with John Gruden. Of course, I didn't expect them to trade Khalil Mack or Amari Cooper. So that has impacted their record. But they, even with those guys, they, I mean, even with Amari Cooper earlier this season, they weren't very good offensively. This was a team that was 12-4 and four and in the playoffs two years ago, and they have taken a dramatic step back. They will get three first-round picks. I saw somebody yesterday say that this is the worst-case scenario for the Raiders because they, you know, the Cowboys and the Bears, who both gave up first-round picks for Cooper and Mack, they both won their division, so the picks are going to be around the 20s range. I don't think that means anything. You can find guys. I mean, the, one of the best rookies this year is Philip Lindsay, who went undrafted. There's always guys in the 20s. There's always guys in round two and round three. So it's just a matter of finding the right player. I think it's okay that the Raiders don't have three top 10 picks. I think it's awesome that they have three first rounders. And I think it'll be a huge boost for them in the future. Even if they are later picks, I think that's overrated how early of a pick is. There's just so many guys, so many needs that I think the Raiders, as long as they pick the right guys, have a chance to be very successful. I had the Broncos at 7-9. and nine. I just, I wasn't high on them at all. They're sitting at 6-8 and eight right now. They still, they play the Raiders tonight on Monday Night Football, which, by the way, is a travesty. It should be the Hawaii Bowl on Christmas Eve. It shouldn't be Raiders-Broncos. So that's a shame. I, I, Case Keenum was very good last year, but, you know, new surrounding. This team isn't as talented on either side of the ball, as the Vikings were, and I didn't trust Vance Joseph as a coach. I had the Chiefs at 10-6. and six. I thought they would take a small step back with Mahomes, and I thought the Chargers would finally break through and finally figure out a way to put it all together, which they have done. Right now, the Chargers and Chiefs are both competing for who's going to be the one seed in the AFC and win the AFC West, and who's going to be the five seed and travel to either Baltimore or Pittsburgh. The thing with the Chiefs and the thing with Patrick Mahomes is I was wrong. I missed on this one. I thought Mahomes would be good. The thing with Mahomes, and he came from Texas Tech, and Texas Tech is a school historically known for running a gimmicky style offense. They don't, the wide receivers aren't well known for running strong routes and running a whole lot of plays offensively. They kind of just, you know, go deep and chuck the ball. And Patrick Mahomes is great at it. And everyone knows the kind of arm that he has and the way that he has played this year. And he might be the MVP. I think Drew Brees is the MVP. But the way that Patrick Mahomes has played, 
it, I mean, give all the credit to both him and the coaches. I mean, for him, he had to study the playbook last year. He had to understand life in the NFL. He had to understand the route running. He had to spend a lot of time with the wide receivers and with the coaches. And, of course, the coaches knew that they had to teach him, and everyone all around has done an absolutely great job. In the NFC, I missed on the Eagles. I've sort of missed on the Vikings. And I had the Saints and Rams both winning their division. So those are my four division winners. I also had the Packers as a big miss, 49ers as a big miss, and the Falcons were a big miss for me. So we'll go through kind of division by division again. In the NFC East, I told you I was criticized for picking the Cowboys at 9-7. I had them as my wild card team. Eagles have been a huge disappointment. To me, they're one of the bigger disappointments in the league. I thought they added more than they had lost. Last year, I think this year has kind of been the result of, like, oh my god, we did it. What are we working for now? I think they've kind of, you know, come to some complacency in Philadelphia. I don't think they're as hungry as they were last year. I know injuries have obviously played a huge part. The thing with the Eagles is that I still kind of think they're going to win the Super Bowl this year. All of a sudden, the way that they're playing with Nick Foles, I just have this weird, weird feeling about them that the Vikings are going to lose to the Bears in Week 17. Eagles are going to sneak into the playoffs. They'll beat the Bears in Round 1. They'll beat the Saints in New Orleans, and they'll go back to the Super Bowl. I just have this weird feeling. It's just something about Nick Foles. Also, another note on Nick Foles. I'm curious to see what happens, because I don't think he'll be back in Philadelphia next year. I don't think he'll be good outside of Philadelphia. I think he's proven to be extremely successful. He's proven to be an a great, an all-time great Eagle, but I don't think, I think outside of Philadelphia, he won't have that same comfort level. Not sure that he's going to get the same kind of coaching that he's got with Philly and the same kind of support from the organization and from the fans. And I don't, I will, if I'm a team needing a quarterback next year, I would not trade a premium draft pick or a premium player to get Nick Foles. If you can get Foles at like a mid-round pick, or at a discounted price, and you're still going to draft a quarterback or sign somebody else to protect yourself, then I'm all for it. It's kind of like Denver this year. They signed Case Keenum, but they didn't do anything else. So I would do something else if I got Foles. I would still draft a quarterback relatively early to protect myself in case Foles is not a long-term answer. For the Giants, I had them at 7-9. and nine. I didn't see them fully coming back from last year. It, it was going to take some time. I'm not. I'm still not sold on Eli Manning. I don't think he should come back in 2019 to New York. I think it's time for them to move on from him. I know there's a lot of questions in New York about Odell Beckham and you know his desire and his hatred of water, and you know he's he's been a little bit injury prone. I think that's because of the water. I think that's why he you know he has a lot of cramps and a lot of issues. But Giants at seven and nine. I actually thought that that was a little bit ambitious. Saquon Barkley has been better than you can expect. And the defense has obviously fallen apart and they traded Snacks Harrison. Landon Collins is on the IR. So and, and then the Redskins at six and ten. I had them at six and ten with Alex Smith. I also had them at six and ten without Adrian Peterson being as phenomenal as he's been. So, you know, they've almost they've exceeded expectations to me. The fact that the Redskins are in this position where they're 7-8, and eight, and they were still competing for the division. They were still competing for a playoff spot over the last couple of weeks with Josh Johnson at quarterback. 
it, it says a lot to, to Jay Gruden. I don't know if the Redskins are going to fire Jay Gruden. I know they have a history of firing coaches. I wouldn't, but I, I mean, I just I like the way that they've, they've played hard, and you have to kind of respect and admire the way that they've played the last couple of weeks. In the South, I had the Saints at 11-5. Obviously, they've been much better than that. thought the Falcons would be 9-7. I don't know why. I don't know why I thought the Falcons would compete for a wild card spot. Of course, you couldn't predict that they'd be as in- injury-riddled as they were this year. But I think the writing was on the wall the last couple of years. They've obviously been, you know, they took a step back last year. They got into the playoffs, and then, I don't know. I, there's something, I, I thought the offense would break through this year in the second year with Steve Sarkeesian, and he's still proven to be a relatively incompetent NFL offensive coordinator. And obviously their defense was just absolutely ravaged by injuries. Panthers, I talked about them before. I had them at 7-9. I'm not surprised. Cam Newton, I know he hasn't been healthy, but that's no excuse for the way that they played offensively when they were 6-2. and two. The defense has completely collapsed. Christian McCaffrey has been unbelievable, but that's at this point, McCaffrey is really the only bright spot with the Panthers. And, of course, the Bucs at 4-12. and 12. I don't know what you could have expected from the Bucs. They're 5-10. and 10. They had that amazing start with Fitzpatrick. It'll be interesting to see what they do next year if Jameis Winston is still the quarterback. I think they should fire Dirk Cutter. I don't think he's a very good coach. I don't think he's the right coach for them. The offense has played super well, but I don't know. You know, I still don't know that we've seen enough from Jameis Winston to validate giving him a bigger contract and giving him a contract extension. So that will certainly be a big story this offseason with them. In the North, I had the Vikings. So in the North, I had the Vikings 12 and 4. Packers at 10 and 6, Bears at 7 and 9, and the Lions at 6 and 10. And to me, the Bears, I actually did it justice when they got Khalil Mack. I gave them an extra game, I think. I thought they would be better. And just when you look at the way, I mean, they were terrible. Last year, they were 5 and 11. They were terrible under John Fox for a couple of years. They struggled under Mark Trestman. So to me, 7 and 9 was a huge improvement. Under Matt Nagy, I thought they were still going to be a year away because I wanted to see how Mitchell Trubisky progressed in this new offense. Clearly, I was wrong. They have been unbelievable. Mitchell Trubisky has been very good. The receivers have been really good. Allen Robinson's been healthy. Anthony Miller was a really good draft pick for them. Um, Taylor Gabriel, a good signing. Trey Burton, you know, they did a lot of good things on offense. Matt Nagy has found a way to use Tariq Cohen. He, Cohen had a slow start, but he's really become a very good player. And Matt Nagy's almost using him like a running back version of Tyreek Hill, who Nagy worked with in Kansas City the last couple of years. The way that Cohen kind of flanks out into the slot or the way he kind of catches out of the backfield, they're using him all sorts of different ways. And it's been really fun to see how he's used. So that was obviously a miss. And, Packers, I thought they would get healthy. I thought they would commit more to the running game, and Aaron Rodgers would come back with a vengeance after missing so much time with an injury last year. Obviously, they are one of the biggest disappointments in the NFL this year at 6-8-1. They'll finish under 500. They already fired Mike McCarthy, and it'll be interesting to see what happens there in the future and who they kind of bring in as head coach and some of the changes that they're going to make. And in the West, I had the Rams at 12-4. and You know, obviously that's not a very bold take. Based on the way that they played last year, they added Brandon Cooks to replace Sammy Watkins. They added Dominick Sue to their defense. They added Aqib Tlaib and Marcus Peters 
So saying 12 and 4 and having them win in the division doesn't come as a huge surprise. What does come as a huge surprise to me is I had the Seahawks at 7 and 9, finishing third. And they have been awesome. Their win over the Chiefs last night clinched them the wild card spot. They're at 9 and 6. Just the way that they lost so much, so many guys on defense, so many core members like Michael Bennett. They moved on from Richard Sherman. Earl Thomas, of course, came into the season angry. Cam Chancellor isn't there this year. So I just, I wasn't sold that they would be able to recover from some of those losses. And boy, the defense has played really well. Russell Wilson is unbelievable. And I don't think he gets enough credit for how unbelievable he is. And the running game, they use a first round pick on a running back who hasn't really done much. But Chris Carson has been really good. You know, Rashad Penny has had his moments, and Mike Davis has been really good spelling Carson. So they've committed to the run game. The offensive line has really shown improvement. Coming into the season, that was one of their big weaknesses. So kudos to the Seahawks for kind of overcoming some of those obstacles that they've had the last some of those obstacles that they had coming into the year with a depleted defense and a, a much improved offensive line and exceeding those expectations. I had the nine the Niners sit at four and eleven. You know, I had them at 9-7. and seven. I thought Jimmy Garoppolo was the truth. I had Jimmy Garoppolo on both of my fantasy teams. I thought Jarek McKinnon. I know these predictions were made without him, but there's so many things with the Niners. I thought that they would take the step forward with some of the young guys on defense and the offense led by Garoppolo. Of course, he got hurt early. They didn't look that great with him early. I know they played some tougher teams when they were losing. But just been a very disastrous, disappointing season for Kyle Shanahan. Of course, he'll be back next year, despite his poor record through two years. He gets, you know, you can't, you got to give him a pass for this year with the injuries. But they need Garoppolo to come back, and they need to add some guys. They'll have high draft picks this year, and they'll have some money to spend. But they need to add more talent around Garoppolo, and they really need to try and take that next step next season. And the Cardinals, I had at six and ten. Obviously, that was ambitious. Steve Wilkes is going to get fired after one year. Josh Rosen has looked absolutely horrible. But, you know, I want to see him with a better coaching staff, more consistent coaching staff. To start this year, they weren't using David Johnson. They weren't getting the ball to Larry Fitzgerald. So, we'll see. So, that's it. That Those are those were my predictions. A um, couple big misses with the Jaguars, with the Niners, with the Packers, with the Eagles. You know, I got a lot right, so it's been it's been a wild season. There's one more week of NFL football to go, a lot of great action, and of course, if you're into football, if you're into college, college football bowl week, that'll continue on Wednesday. I Like I said in the beginning, I'm doing a collaborative bowl effort with full press coverage to do a series of what-to-know articles about various bowl games. You can find those there. Also on MikeDropSports.com, you can find my bowl picks along with a few others. There's David and Sean from the DNS Show. There's Andre Cherry from the Cherry Picking Podcast. And there's Dom and Alex from the Dom and Thunder Show as part of the DMV Sports Network. Five NBA games on Christmas Day. I have an article on the history of Christmas Day and previewing those five games. So much content. Check it out, mydropsports.com. Follow me on Twitter at msschneid, M-S-S-C-H-N-E-I-D. Follow the Instagram page at mydropsports. And I hope all my listeners, thank you all for listening. Thank you all for reading my stuff. It's been an awesome year. 
looking forward to 2019 and i hope everyone listening has a great holidays enjoy some time with your family hope you all get great gifts happy new year talk to everybody in 2019